Good morning. My name is uh, Stephen Capaldo from from Capaldo with Love or Wheelbarrow Man, and I'll uh, do another podcast now, and it'll be about the uh, I'm calling it something like the Infinite Soul of the Most High, but it's a lot about the things we've been talking about. It's love and creation and um, the nature and character of God and this this type of thing. Um, and I'll just um, make a few points on that and. Then I'll go on to uh, some other things in uh, future podcasts. Uh, but I'm trying to continue this, uh, the, to build on the theme of, uh, of love and creation, that creation really is it's love in motion, and the creator is uh, you know, the, the number one lover and the number one mover. So um, his infinite soul, the, the, the almighty creator, is the... Um, the divine intelligence of the universe. Um, you know, we, t- we tend to call him Father, uh, the Father of all. Um, he, the Creator has, cre- has made his creation, so uh, I-, I would say, you know, there- there's always an ongoing debate, the Creator and creation. Are they the same thing? Uh, are they different things? Is the, is the creation all-, all one with the Creator? I mean, I, I think that we really... Uh, there can't be a creation without a creator. My my logic says to me there has to be a creator in order for there to be a creation. But the two are related. The two are one. It's like father, son, you know, father and son are one. The, the creator and the creation are one, although the creator is the one that gives birth to creation. And the creator has given us the, the Elohim, um, well, fa- father and son, the, the, the eternal existence of the father and son, and the uh, the, the created angelic, order, created humans, animals, plants, and minerals down the line, and he's placed this creation in the universe, or possibly even more than one universe, and in different galaxies, and solar systems, and planets, and stars, and on planet Earth. And of course, the place we're most familiar with is planet Earth. And uh, he's put us here on planet Earth. God has created humans on planet Earth, and we don't we don't know what other beings there are in other places. We just don't know. Uh, um, you know, there, there's a lot of speculation about you know um, beings in other places in the universe, and I, I, I'm not really here to get into that. You can there are a lot of things you can read um, about that. Um, so I. Uh, I, I think it's I, I think it's really something that it's just kind of a vast topic. So I I'll, I'll just kind of keep doing my study and you keep doing your study and but we just keep going. But we have as we'll focus on Earth and humans have been put on Earth, and we've been put here in time. Although really there is no linear time, for the Creator there is eternity, and time is just kind of a a little niche that the Creator has carved out for humans because we are humans. You know, although we are made in the image and likeness of God. Uh, still, we are humans, so we, uh, you know, we use our human senses to uh, appreciate what's going on around us, and, and part of that is uh, is our placement in something called time. We have the past time, we have the present time, we have the future time, we have our life time, and uh, another one of the things that you'll have to research for yourselves, draw your own conclusion, is your soul is it placed in different bodies throughout history. That, that one soul that is you is it placed in different bodies throughout history. That's not reincarnation, by the way. Reincarnation, which I don't believe in, is uh, like, you know, I was a dog in a past life and now I'm a human. This is a reassignment or remigration of souls. You have to do your own study and uh, see if you, you believe that that's 
that that's something that you that you can believe in. But even if you just believe that the soul is just for this lifetime, you still have a past, present, and future. And the past really is looking back. It's problems without accountability. And the the, the present is your opportunity to be held be held accountable, to hold yourself accountable, and to accept solutions for those problems that you had and for which you were not held accountable previously. And how do you hold yourself accountable, and how do you accept the solutions? Well, we have this rebirth, right? You 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 change your viewpoint. The the, the rebirth, drawing closer to the Most High, uh, through through the Son, rebirth in in Christ. So from there, you can either choose to live in the kingdom of heaven or not, not in in God's love, in God's kingdom, or without God's love, in in Babylon. I'll call it Babylon. Uh, the person who is truly in Christ is truly trying to draw closer to the Most High. Uh, is the one I would call an authentic Christian, not not a religious uh, Christianity Christian, but an authentic Christian is the one that's, that's trying to leave uh, Babylon as much as possible, f physically as much as possible, mentally and spiritually. So uh, anyway, that's what your present, an idea of your present that you know you the present that you could have. You go from problems with no accountability, then you hold yourself accountable and you you change and you're transformed in the present and in the future. You reap the blessings of that transformation. So that's a little bit about your placement in time, past, present, and future, and uh, you can you can do the research on souls and lives and all that and decide what you think. Uh, there are a number of myths or issues about creation that I think, uh, really, if we're going to keep uh, seeking truth, if you do consider yourself as a uh, as a Christian, if you do consider yourself a truth-seeking Christian rather than a fear-based Christian, which is a distinction that I think is important to make, but if you're trying to seek truth, I think you would probably want to know something about where you live. You know, do you live on a spinning globe, a planet, or do you live on a plane, uh, P-L-A-N-E? Do you live uh, uh, underneath a, a dome with maybe a pit underneath and then, you know, some kind of a more or less cylindrical, flat plane-type surface, uh, you know, that, that we live on? Is that, you know, you, you can study the evidence and, and decide what you think. Is the Earth uh, stationary, or does it move? Is the Earth the center of our particular uh, solar system and, and galaxy? And what about density and gravity? And what about space travel and all of that? You know, do you do you still believe those things, uh, or or are you looking into those things? Is there such a thing as a secret space program? And that that might be where a lot of the information comes. Uh, to us about uh, you know aliens and this type of thing, but I, I think I, I think those are things that we should we should be looking into. Uh, germ theory, germ theory is that really how we get sick? Is that really the problem? Is it really germs, or is that is it that we are more electrical beings, electromagnetic beings, and that we don't take care of that part of ourselves, and that's why we why we fall ill? And if we took care of ourselves electromagnetically with the proper therapies, which you can do research and find out about that, and took care of diet and lifestyle and all of that, uh, we probably wouldn't be concerned about germ theory. Uh, germ theory is what leads to all this idea of, you know, you need to be on constant medication and vaccination and this and that. And uh, it's it's a very sketchy type of theory. I think really uh, we should not be concerned about germs. We should be concerned about maintaining the correct electrical system in and around ourselves because the universe is electromagnetically created by God and so our own electrical systems as an individual should be uh, clear and clean and, and flowing 
uh, and we should be able to find the appropriate uh, therapies, uh, sound therapy, or whatever. There are different ways that you can treat uh, electrical problems. You know, when you have an electrical problem, what do you do? You can search that out and uh, see if uh, see if our problem is really germ theory and you know viruses and uh, medications and vaccinations and all this type of thing. So uh, the, the universe really is, uh, is electromagnetic, uh, and the moon and the sun uh, play a lot, uh, play a, a role in, dis in distribution of that electromagnetism. The, the moon is a, uh, it's a luminary, it's not a spinning rock, uh, and the, the moon and the sun, uh, we've been told how many millions and millions of miles away they are, and uh, I think you should do some research into that, or they're really that far away. Um, some of the creation principles that, that are interesting to, uh, to look up and to think about and meditate on and talk with other people are uh, numerology it's very complicated how how the uh, the word of God uses numbers and uh, geometry and I'm going to get a little bit into that um, the uh, you know electromagnetism and sound frequencies the Fibonacci sequence the golden ratio you can research some of these concepts and see how they fit into the the uh, you know, God's plan for the universe or God's divine plan or whatever you want to call it, the, the, the Creator's work. Uh, and I, I wanted to get a little bit into uh, the original expression of the nature of the Most High. Uh, and really there's, a, there's an, uh, an image or a concept that creates a, a, a lot of problems in theology, and it's the, the, the Trinity. Um, and, you know, part of the reason is, well, you know, why do you insist on the Trinity? The word is not even used in the Bible. And yet what I'm going to go into in this message and the next message is um, the, the fact that really all kinds of cultures and civilizations have accepted this three-part definition of God. And, and one initial observation I would make is that if you think of if you think of three points, uh, what, what we call in geometry, we call it a triangle, but a, a three-point figure, uh, you make one point, and it's just a point. You make another point or dot, and you can connect the two dots. If you make a third dot, then you can connect each end of the line to the third dot, and you have a triangle. So the triangle is really the first and the simplest closed system. And, and really what the Trinity or the triangle is telling us is that God is really one, uh, although God may have some components, God is really one. God is a, a father creator. And not to say that there's, there's not a mother. There is, there is a mother. Uh, there is heaven and there is earth. Uh, and with the, with the father and mother principle, we're able to have uh, biological uh, procreation. And uh, we welcome biological procreation. We love all of God's creation and all of God's uh, people and children. And that means everybody. Uh, but through father and mother, we're able to have the principle of biological multiplication or procreation or reproduction, whatever word you want to use. Uh, so you have the father creator, you have the son, the principle of the son, and really the son is the, the way uh, of preservation. The son is the preserver, and you know, you, you know how in Christianity we talk about savior and salvation. Well, to save is to preserve. The son, the Christ, with his cross, is the preserver. And uh, there are all different revelations um, and prophecies um, of of Christ, many before Jesus of Nazareth was born, and then Jesus of Nazareth, and we'll we'll talk more about that later. But so you've got the Father and the Son, so you've got the Creator, the Preserver, or the Savior, the Saver, and then um, the, the the Son being the way to the Father, 
by means of the spirit, which is a life-restoring spirit. And sometimes that spirit, though, is called the death destroyer. So you can call the spirit the death destroyer or the life restorer, you know, either way. But you've got father, son, spirit. And it is quite fascinating. In the next podcast, I will go over... uh, different uh, trinity images or three-point images to show that this isn't really something arbitrary even if it's christians that talk about it and even though christians argue about the fact that the word trinity is not doesn't really seem to be in the bible uh but that really all, all cultures and civilizations recognize some kind of supreme being and that there were these three principles of creation preservation and restoration life restoration or destruction of death, whatever you want to call it, father, son, spirit, that that, that is kind of a universal thing. And there have been Christ revelations uh, and prophecies before Jesus of Nazareth and then the, the, the last uh, through Melchizedek and then the last Adam, Christ Jesus of Nazareth was of the order of Melchizedek. So uh, that, that really follows through and gives us the, the, the ultimate revelation of, uh, of Christ and who gave us the free gift, the free gift of, uh, of love and forgiveness on the cross. So now we, uh, we accept that love gift and forgiveness gift and we pick up our cross in a spiritual sense and we love. We love according to the love of God. We love and we give and we serve and uh, we, you know, we try to be as best we can in God's plan. So... Um, that's a little bit about uh, creation and some of the myths or issues around creation and sort of the the original expression of the, the Most High, who is the Creator. Uh, and I'm, I'll close this segment. Uh, maybe it'll be a little bit shorter than the usual podcast, but I, I just wanted to talk about the history of our faith in, in God and in Christ because that's also another subject that uh, raises a lot of issues. Uh, there's a pre-Hebrew history of our faith in God and in Christ. The the as I was saying before, the pre-Christ Jesus of Nazareth, the pre-Jesus revelations and, and prophecies uh, of Christ. So there's a pre-Hebrew uh, uh, part of the faith. And then since Christ Jesus of Nazareth, we have uh, the, the, the different contributors to the, uh, the, the teaching of the faith and the traditions uh, of, of the faith. We have the, the, the Hebrew, the Greek, the Roman, and the Eastern. And it seems like all these groups just kind of fight amongst each other. But they should all give thanks and be very happy that, uh, that, that they all exist, that there was a, a pre-Hebrew foundation for revelations regarding Christ. But that then we have the Hebrew and Greek, which uh, gave us, you know, most of the scripture. And then the, the, the Romans came along and did what they did. And I'm not condoning everything they did. There were a lot of problems with what they did. But they, you know, they did something. And the Roman uh, church and the Eastern church eventually split. But they've, they've both made contributions as of the Hebrew and Greek. So these, uh, these were the sort of contributors to the teaching of the faith and the traditions of the faith. And that gave rise to a geographical movement of the faith, faith in, in God. Uh, and Christ, um, the the original faith, if you want to cite it geographically, was kind of Middle East, North Africa, Asia Minor, what we call Turkey today. That was kind of the the, the start of the faith geographically, and then it spread to the rest of uh, Asia and. Australo-Asia, Australia, and islands uh, in that part of the world, and and to Europe, uh, and Africa, and then to the Americas. So there's been a geographical movement of the faith uh, that has accompanied the the, the teaching and the handing down of the uh, doctrines of faith or traditions of faith. So um, on that note, I think I'll close this um, 
part of what I'm trying to say, and this, uh, you know, I'll, I'll continue in the next message um, with some of the Trinity images, you know, the different uh, countries and cultures that have these Trinity images, and some of the, uh, how Melchizedek and the angelic hosts um, provided uh, Christ's revelations and prophecies to um, a number of different people before Jesus, and uh, just just so that you get that in your in your mind that you know there has to be uh, in the Old Testament if we didn't have Jesus of Nazareth there had to be some way to to achieve the uh, uh, you know to uh, achieve redemption or drawing closer to the Most High Father Son and Spirit there had to be some way if we didn't have uh, Christ Jesus of Nazareth so I'll get into those things in the next podcast I'll close this podcast uh, as usual with. Uh, some prayer, and first, as usual, Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for He will rescue you from the hunter's trap and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is body armor and shield. You will not fear the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the plague that stalks in darkness nor the scourge that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the wicked paid back. For you have made the Lord your dwelling, who is my refuge, even the Most High, who is my refuge. So no evil will befall you, nor any plague come near your tent. For he will give his angels charge over you to guard you in all your ways. Upon their hands they will lift you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and cobra, trample the young lion and serpent. Because he has devoted his love to me, says the Lord God, I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high, because he knows my name. When he calls on me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble, rescue him, and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. A Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we have forgiven those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you very much for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. Bye for now.